Hello and welcome to the Phil Swallow podcast. It is Wednesday, yes, back to Wednesday schedules, the 11th of May 2022. This is episode 115, Mystery Solved, or is it? And I'm going to wait right until the end and keep you in complete suspense until I basically tell more. I just had a bit of a coughing fit, so if I do the odd... Off mic throat clearance, my humblest apologies to you all. Right, so where are we at? Uh, I, let's let's go from my original working title, which was about the pursuit of excellence, really. So I went out and shot a video on Friday and I got back and I did a what we call an assemble edit. You know, you just kind of work through it, do a little bit of cutting, but just to see how it looks and sounds and stuff. And I just wasn't really happy with it. Some of it was the harsh lighting. It was quite a bright day. Uh, it's always more trouble than you would think for something like this. I wasn't really happy with the sound. Don't know why. Um, well, I do kind of know a bit why. And it kind of gnawed at me. Gnawed, you know, that word. Uh, so I thought, no, I'm actually going to do this again. And I actually reworked the kind of high-level script framework that I was working to, reworked how I wanted to open it, and I went and reshot it yesterday, and I'm really, really pleased with it, actually. Uh, So I've done an assemble edit on it today, and I'm now going through doing fine-tuning. So that will be challenging again what stays and what goes. You know, if in doubt, cut it out. And it will be adding in a little bit of music here and there. There's a kind of track that I'm reusing at the moment, which I quite like. It sort of sums up the tone of what I'm looking for from these walk and talk style videos. And yeah, mapping overlays of any pictures and captions and all that sort of stuff. I've probably got a fair chunk of tomorrow to work on it and possibly some time on Friday. It's not, you know, the diary's not too bad at the moment. I've got to take mum out for a couple of appointments uh, midday tomorrow, but I'm actually quite pleased about this as a kind of, you know, piece of work. So, and I know that's not always an option. Um, And that element of it disappoints me a little. Uh, It means that I guess I've got good standards, but it also means I need to be mindful that if I went off and travelled some distance for something like this, um, I wouldn't have that luxury. And I, I don't know whether there's sometimes something in the back of your mind where you think it doesn't matter because I can just pop up the road and do this again. Uh, there shouldn't be. But, you know, this is life. And, you know, there's probably not many tasks that we do ever where there isn't a potential to learn from them. So I, we're always learning. Uh, every one of these videos that I do and put out, I, you know, I see them as a, a kind of little extra notch along the learning piece of wood. <laughs> Does that make any sense at all? I don't know. But you know what I mean. It's like a little kind of a small step. Um, but yes, yeah, so I suppose in in short, don't settle for something that's not right. You know, be be prepared to challenge yourself on what you've done and see if you can do it better. And if you've got the opportunity to do so, then you should do so. Um that's my kind of mantra, motto, whatever. So, uh, I haven't really included too many different varied subjects. Oh, there was a bit of very good news 
very good news. And I've not even put this in my notes. Uh, I was only thinking the other day, I must chase up my car charger again. This is the charger that Volvo provided free. And when I got the registration for the car in early August 2021, I filled in all the forms and did the, you do your own survey with these things, they guide you through it. And I've been waiting ever since for it to be installed. I mean, I can charge off the mains, but it's not the point. And it, I don't get the full advantage of it doing it that way. Anyway, so I thought I'm going to chase them up again because I've not heard anything. And then I got an email yesterday. Could we come next week and do it? Uh, four hour job, half an hour without any electricity when they do the kind of switch on. Well, next week on that day is my birthday and uh, it's just not convenient really. So I, I hesitantly, is that the word? Hesitantly? Yeah, I think so. Said to them, when would the next slot be? Hoping it wasn't going to be like, you know, a month's time or something. And it was the following week. So booked in and confirmed. Uh, and this is the installers just acting on behalf of the company that are sponsoring it. It's all done under Shell, Shell Recharge, as in Shell Petrol Garage. Or well, they're more than that. Um, anyway, so 25th, it should be done. Uh, hoorah. Uh, let's wait and see. Uh, I'm not happy with Volvo anyway, because the simple things like trying to book in uh, a recall check for a car for a problem that they found centrally has been painful. I had to go to Twitter complaints and eventually it's been sorted out. I'm going to pop down there on Friday. Anyway, back to business. So I I'd arranged an appointment with the Croydon... Well, it's, I'm not sure if it comes under the Museum of Croydon or an extension of the Croydon Library, but it's basically their research room at the local study centre within the library. And it's in the, the old town hall building in Croydon. And what you have to do is you sort of email them initially and tell them what you're after, because they they actually do a bit of sifting and digging for you to present this information for you. And then you go along at your allotted time. So they send you a link and you book it. It's a Squarespace booking thing, website thing. And um, and then you you turn up. Uh, I had a, it's always two-hour slots. I think they're 11 till 1 and then 2 till 4 on a Wednesday and Friday only. And I was the only person there, so I'm assuming it's only one person at a time. You can't just turn up there. You have to book. Um, so I got along there, got a little bit early, but they didn't really mind. And there's a, on the study tables, like you see in a almost a school library situation, you know, a collection of tables sort of grouped together. There was a little piece of paper with a, a sort of agreement that I had to sign. And there was some books and there was some archaeological dig packs and there were some binders and it was all nicely prepared for me which I thought was great and they said right well you can't have any food drink bags or anything on the desk and you can't use a pen but you can use your own notebook but you have to borrow one of our pencils okay <laughs> that being if you happen to accidentally write on something they could rub it off which is makes perfect sense and the lockers are you know within your eyesight anyway so yeah, that was that was fine. I didn't have any issue with that at all. And when I started to dig into the material, uh, I realised just what a valuable and really important resource this is. And and the main article, which comes to the solving of the mystery title of the podcast episode, that was the first thing I read, cover to cover. Able to take some pictures on my phone, but you're not allowed to use them or share them on social media. So I'm 
they're good to have a copy of and I can kind of draw from them when I'm either talking about it on video or writing about it or whatever. So did the archaeological dig first, looked at some other archaeological papers and then started to look at a binder. They've got basically binders for the kind of towns within the Croydon borough. So there's one on Addington and she actually said, she pulled it off the shelf while I was there and said, not sure if this would be much use. I said, I'll read it anyway. And it backed up a lot of the information I'd already found in the dig report. And also the other thing which I found of fascinating interest were two binders full of the daily reports of bombings in Croydon during World War II. And this was actually throughout the war. Uh, For some reason they didn't have 1942 though, so I suppose it wasn't throughout the war completely. Um, and it switches from oil bombs and other high explosive bombs there's mention of phosphorus goes into flying bombs and initially it said um, what was the word it said something about pilotless aircraft pack I think I think it was pack I haven't got it in front of me and then it went to flying bombs later in their little kind of reference and these were all just nicely typed up on a typewriter every morning and there's a guy's name was Boast, who was the main recorder for Croydon Borough. And I kind of flicked through all of these and I just took copies of some that had some interest for the area. Probably going to kind of file those away um, somewhere until I need them. But they're good to have and just to kind of refer to from time to time. So that was uh, that was good fun. Um, one of the things that this is just, I'm building up to my mystery solved situation, by the way. Uh, but the final thing I looked at, well, the final two things, one was directories of businesses because I wanted to find out about some of the local businesses and I got that. That's all good. Tick. And then I said, or she offered, even though she was kind of quite busy and getting a bit flustered nicely. She said, do you want to look at any maps or anything? I said, yes, please. So we, that was a palaver the way they're stored, um, which I won't share now because it's, bit boring but it's, it was a palaver but anyway we got the maps out and I'm going through the maps and now I'd seen some of these maps online on my mapping resource and we're going through and it all kind of stacked up the area that I was interested in where the Addington stones were but I was also looking at stuff closer to home and I'm going through and I'm saying oh yeah oh look okay yeah so as we go through the the years here's our road appearing and there's our house and there's all the roads around all the houses in our road and then I thought well why is the map after that not showing our houses so around about the turn of the century so they're they're roughly every 10 to 20 years these maps so 1912 there's nothing 1930 I think there's nothing other than a bit of farmland and then during the war, there's 19, so 1940 to 42 map. It's got the roads that are near to ours, Palace Green and Featherbed Lane. But it also had a map dated 1932 that had, that was the one that I saw that had our house and all our houses on it. And I thought, well, I know for a fact, because I've got the deeds and I know the story, our house was built in 1955 and ready for occupation in 1956. Why does a map, a very old map, stamped, printed 1932, show our houses on it? Now, 
one of the members of staff suggested that there might have been some bombings and I said why would you bomb every single house and actually take it off the map and it didn't I just read the bomb reports there was no bombs because well there might have been reference to bombs where we live now but it would have been bomb hit a field no damage because they were just fields so just to summarize I've gone through the chronology of these maps and they didn't go any later than well there was a very recent map but it was a different scale so it wasn't it wasn't comparable but you've got a 1932 map showing our house and then a 1940 map without our house and then nothing after that there wasn't a 1950s map of that scale uh, but there is online thankfully and so we had a bit of a discussion and a head scratch about this and I said well I'll, I'll leave that with you but I said I know for a fact and I actually looked at the deeds on me when I got home just to make sure I wasn't going mad and I said that's wrong that map is wrong <laughs> if it had said 1956 57 58 on it then it would have been spot on but it said 1932 all the way along the bottom all these little references keys um numbering and roman numerals and all that sort of stuff none of it mentioned the 1950s um who knows we may never know i mean i couldn't really pick out the mapping company but i might have to go back to that now i can always go back there again and we can dig this out and but i i, I don't know who i speak to next really because obviously i've spoken to the team about it i might just fire them an email in the next day or so just to say you know maybe that's something to look into as a minimum they perhaps should put a note on it to say don't rely that this is the map of 1932 because you only have to look at it in context and you'll see that it's not so that was very interesting for me anyway a uh, good detailed map showed all the houses but the date was wrong so the mystery is it solved or is it not well broadly it probably is so i did the video about the addington stones easier to just look it up on youtube and it's only a few minutes three or four minutes or something because these stones are just there in grassland adjacent to the shell petrol garage in kent gateway and if they were part of a ground clearance when the garage was built well why not just take them away with all the other material you would have dug up why just leave them there so i said the next stage for me for my research was to look at the archaeological reports and there was one done in 1992 when the shell garage i'm not sure if they bought or redeveloped the site but they were going to develop it and they were told you've got to pay for a archaeological report to be done and the museum of london was involved the croydon natural history and scientific society were involved and croydon library people were involved uh, obviously as well as the official qualified archaeologists and it appears that those stones relate to either the farm building itself or associated buildings or trackway for lower house farm addington also known as lower farm now it mentions about the artifacts it actually mentioned about they found a buried pig and a buried dog um, it could have been a cobbled area there was mention of a mill that may have been there once once upon a time there was absolutely no reference to why a decision was taken to leave these stones on show and there was some very clever wording in the conclusion of the report to suggest that 
other maps they looked at in their research suggested that the site of the farm was actually further north than the actual area they'd excavated, which is why I say, or is it? Um, so I think that broadly, where I knew nothing of it and there was no real clue as to what was there, although I did perhaps stumble across it when I did the Heritage Walk, but another video. So I think that that will be the Lower House Farm set up. They did find archaeology apparently that went back to Roman times and older. So we know that there's been settlers there over the centuries. Um, but the piece I don't know, and I guess, you know, maybe as a thing to follow up here about that archaeological report, and they're probably going to say, well, whatever we found and whatever conclusions we've drawn are in the report. But again, I may follow it up and just fire that question off and say, do you know why? Why was the decision taken just to leave those stones where they were? And there might be a really mundane reason. Um, but I'm happy that I've moved the story on a bit. I'm not happy that I've got complete closure on the story, bearing in mind that comment about the perhaps the, the slightly different location and the fact that why would they just leave these set up as they are? Um, it's a mystery still for me anyway because I like a good mystery and I like to continue to tell the story so I'm going to end with that and leave you to have a ponder uh, please get in touch with me or have a look on the Croydon Local History Research Facebook group and uh, you know we can continue the conversation there I'm going to put a little post up on there actually and um, yes so please I'm back on schedule still haven't got any music may not bother who knows? Uh, but I hope you have a fantastic week and I will catch up with you in the next episode.